Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. New Year's is always one of my favorite times of the year to preach. Um, and I know like there's a lot of events or seasons of the year. Like winter's not necessarily my favorite season of the year. I like summer. I hate being cold. So, I mean, obviously I'm not stoked about 25 degrees, but um, I like 105 degrees. Like I'm the other end of the spectrum. And I know most people are like, what, what in the world? But man, that's my thing. So it's not, not like it's my favorite season of the year. Um, but what my favorite thing about New Year's uh, or preaching in New Year's is it's the most, like it's, it's the biggest time of the year where the most people in the world, whether they're a Christian or not, like they have faith, they have hope, and they have expectations. Because like, I mean, if you think about it, it's like it's the new year. Everybody's like reflecting on the, the year that just passed, on what they didn't like about the year, what they didn't like about themselves. Uh, they're going to lose weight again. Or, you know, they always have those things. They're reflecting, right? But then they're looking forward to the new year, and they're full of dreams and hopes and all that type of stuff, more at this time than any other time of the year. And what else I find about this is it's contagious. I don't know about you, but like if you ever get around somebody who has like a, a mapped out plan, like I was talking to a buddy of mine at the gym, he literally meal prepped 14 days worth of food, like froze seven for, the, for week two and like has all of his food. Every single meal is laid out. He's got like a complete routine laid out for like three months. I mean, just this dude has a, a like literally a clothes ironing schedule on when he's going to iron his clothes, like, because he ain't going to have clothes, like, unironed in his pantry. He ain't going to have clothes, like, unironed. He, he went overboard, like a cleaning schedule of his house. And I'm sitting there like, man, I ain't got none of that. Like, I'm, I'm going to I'm have to figure something out. So I really went home, and I decided I was going to meal prep and clean my house, man. I went, I went to town. I didn't plan on doing that, but it was contagious. Man, this is a contagious time of year for faith and hope and dreaming and all of that. And so, you know, whenever people's faith is high and whenever people's hopes and expectations are high, they can start seeing God do a whole lot more in their life. It's not that God doesn't want to do just as much stuff in your life at any other time. It's just like we're postured to receive more from God. I want to start tonight by giving you an example. Well, the title of tonight's message is Out With The Old and In With The New. It's kind of like the party last week, Out With The Old, In With The New. But um, I want to give you a biblical example of the compare and contrast, if you will, of people who have no faith, no expectancy, no dreams. They don't have any, like they don't have any faith and hope. And then what it's like when they do. And, and so like what we're experiencing right now is a season of faith and hope and expectation. Um, and I want us to, to keep it going. Um, in, the, in the gospel, uh, Jesus is walking in town and somebody runs up and approaches him and says, hey, uh, Jesus, look, my little girl, my precious little girl is dying. And, you know, obviously the dad that ran up to Jesus is probably thinking like, man, she's she's only like a 12 year old little girl. Like she's just getting into her teenage years. I mean, like around this time, don't get any ideas, but like around this time in biblical days, this is around the time people started looking for their spouse. I mean, like 15 years old was a normal time for girls to get married back then. You know what I'm saying? Stop giggling about that. I'm just kidding. Um, it was a, it was a time that girls would get married about then. So I could about imagine this dad running up to Jesus thinking, man, like I'm a few years away from giving my daughter away to her husband. 
and she's about to die. So every dream I had, every dream she had, like all the faith I had in our future is zilt. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've saved up for this moment. Like, I could about imagine the despair he, he had when he went to Jesus. Well, he goes to Jesus and says something. So Jesus approaches, all right, hey, no problem. Like, we're going to come and we're going to heal your daughter. So in that moment, I'd about imagine some hope kind of came back. Some faith kind of came back. It's just him and Jesus. And they're just sitting there and um, they're walking. And so, man, he's probably a little excited. Like, all right, well, man, I've heard things about this Jesus guy. Maybe he can kind of come through a little bit. So they're on their way. They get interrupted. They get stopped. Some lady touches Jesus's garment. A whole commotion goes on, right? And then they finally keep going. Well, that's the summary that led up to this point. But Jesus gets there to the house where the little girl was uh, dying, and it seems like she already died. And that's where I want to pick up tonight. So the, here's this, this little girl who died. The dad's freaking out, had a little bit of hope. Bam. I'm sure at a bit about this point, he lost all his hope. So check this out. Um, Mark chapter 5, verse 36. It says, ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. So they're talking to Jesus about, man, look, this girl is dead. You're too late. Don't, he said, ignoring all that. Jesus ignored all that. Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him in except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, what's all this commotion and wailing about? The child's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And look at what he did after they laughed at him. What does that communicate? It communicates that this dude is crazy. It communicates no faith, no hope, no expectation. So what did he do? It says, Jesus put them all out. And he took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the little girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. So like, notice Jesus only allowed people with faith, hope, and expectancy to stay in the room because he knew, he knew that those were the things that would, would see a move of God. Those were the people who would see a move of God. These other people would have hindered that. They would have stifled the other people's faith. Think about the dad. All right, I'll come hear your daughter. Faith rising up. Gets there, people mocking the fact that his daughter... His faith had to take another blow. Jesus knew, all right, I got to get all this atmosphere right, and it's not right right now. So we got to have we got to have this right. Kick them all out. Bam, we saw a move of God. And there's a few times that happens in Scripture. And, guys, that still happens today. That's, that's my point. It still happens today. Matthew 21, let's pick up in verse 20. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done here to this fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it'll be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So what what Jesus isn't saying is, hey, look, guys, anytime you go up to a fig tree and curse it, if you have enough faith, it's going to wither. He's saying, Listen, anytime you go up to a a difficult situation or something that might be a mountain or something that might be a big dream, it might not be a bad thing. Anytime you go to these types of things, like the dad with the big dream to heal his daughter, if you just have faith, you'll see it come to pass. 
And so at this time of year, going forward, I kind of want to take advantage of the New Year's Eve expectancy, faith, and hope. And I want to talk to you about just two, just two things. It started off at six, got way too long, I narrowed it down to two, but there's still four other things I want to talk about. But these are the two, okay? Simple. The first one is leaving the past behind. Leaving the past behind. The second one is dreaming big with God. So leaving the past behind and dreaming big with God. So the Bible says that there's a season um, or a, a time and a place for everything. So a simple example of that, of a season or time or place, I know some of you probably have heard this a million times, but I mean, think about like a preschool kid and a middle school kid, a junior high kid, a high school kid, like you can't be in two seasons at one time. You can't be in high school and middle school at the same time. It doesn't happen. You have to leave the past behind. But not everything you leave behind, like, or not, not, not everything in the past you leave behind, some things you take with you. And so um, we know that in, in the season that you're in right now, is there anybody in junior high in here? There shouldn't be, so don't raise your hand if you are. All right. Everybody in senior high, anybody in college in here? I mean, a couple of people in college, drastically different seasons. Some similarities, drastically different seasons. Every old season provides us with certain things that we can take into the new season and that are going to help us in that new season of life. For example, you'll learn certain lessons in old seasons of life. You'll gain wisdom from experiences in old seasons of life. And if you're not a fool, you won't make the same mistake, right? Certain friendships, man, you'll make certain friendships in one season of your life and the next season of your life, they'll be the people that get you a job or they'll be the people who are standing in your wedding. You know, you never know what season you're going to meet that person in. You might think right now, I know every person that's going to be in my wedding. Well, I thought the same thing when I was 12 and then when I was 16 and then when I was 21 and now I'm, I'm almost 28 and it changes. It's, every season brings forth new things. But Sometimes those new things are tools and compliments that God gives us, but sometimes those new seasons require us to leave certain things behind. Sometimes it doesn't produce useful tools, but crippling hindrances for God's will and plans for us. And it's our responsibility to leave certain things behind. I'm going to say that one more time. Sometimes in a season, an old season, or maybe one you're in now going into the next, there are hindrances. God has a plan, a purpose, and a will for you, and there are things in in the old season that he put there to help you out with. But sometimes we have to distinguish what, what it is that we need to bring with us and what it is that we need to leave behind. If we don't drop certain things, we'll never receive the next season. If you don't drop certain things, well, you, you'll, you, certain things will hinder you from receiving what God has for you. Um, what's my spot? Hebrews 12, 1, it says this. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run the, run the race with perseverance that is marked out for us. And look, those hindrances can be anything. The, the, the hindrances that you might need to leave behind, it might be people. It, it might be certain people in your life um, who, man, they're just not worth the emotional energy. You know, an example of somebody that I was talking to recently, they have some, some friends in their life, and they've been friends with these people for quite a while. And they're, they're okay friends. And for the season that this person met those friends in, um, 
he was cool with them. He was happy that they were there. But in the season he was going into, if he would have stayed friends with those guys, they would have held him back. He never would have had the other opportunities for him. They were dragging him down. So in that season, he needed to set new boundaries and maybe not hang out with those friends so much anymore. Another example might be habits. Maybe you got some unhealthy habits, some bad habits in your life that they just kind of like hindering you a little bit. One example is like a common thing is like spending money. You know, like sometimes we really want something, but man, we don't have our money managed right. And so we can want all day long and not make another dollar by wanting, but we could save the money that we already make and actually accomplish what it is we want to buy. That might be something like a bad habit you might need to leave. Maybe it's a bad attitude. Look, I don't have the perfect attitude all the time. Maybe, maybe a bad attitude can hinder us from what God has for us next. What about like another one, sin? Sometimes there's things in our life that sin and we excuse it or we just say, well, like we treat it like a pet. Like that's my pet sin. Like that's the one thing I deal with. I'm good in all these other areas, but this is the one area that, you know what? Uh, maybe God wants to help us get rid of that. Maybe that's one of the hindrances. You know, anything else I want you to know, if I didn't list it, that's not an exhaustive list. The Holy Spirit, he can tell you specifically what it is that he wants you to leave in the past in 2018. He can tell you, hey, look, you see this thing and this thing might sound silly, but that's what I'm putting my finger on. I want you to leave that in the past in 2018. Does that make sense, guys? Y'all still with me? Um, I want you to remember that God is for you, not against you. And he's literally stacked the deck so that you can win every time, but you still have to pick up the cards and play. You still got to pick up the cards and play. He's handed you a rigged deck. You win. And he'll tell you what those things are going to, like, he'll tell you, hey, fourth card right there, you're going to lose if you pull that card. Don't pull that card. Sometimes we make the decision to pull the card anyway. And we got to make the decision not to do that. I want to give you guys an example of what I'm talking about um, in Scripture. Um, So in Genesis, Abraham was asked a very similar thing. He was asked to leave some things behind. But in in advance, he, he was told kind of a synopsis of what would happen. But no details. Check it out. Genesis 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Then the Lord told Abraham, leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and I will make you a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Well, that's huge. If God would tell you that, like, that's crazy. That's a crazy thing to hear from the God of the universe. And then it goes on. So what did Abraham do? He listened. So Abraham departed. Abram departed. As the Lord had instructed him and Lot went with him, Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took, right, so he left those things. He took his wife. Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people who had joined his household in Haran, and finally arrived in Canaan. So notice, Abram left some things, and he took other things into the next season of his life. Some things he knew God had told him, these are some things you need to leave in the past, and I want you to go with these things. Now watch what happened when Abraham obeyed God and left his comfort zone and the things God told him to leave behind. And when we're reading this, I want you to think about what if, what if he didn't? 
What if he didn't leave these things behind? He wouldn't have received the next couple of things. But check it. It says in verse 12, verse 6 through 9, traveling through Canaan, they came to a place near Shechem and set up camp beside, uh, beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Check this out. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am going to give this land to your offspring. And Abram built an altar there to commemorate the Lord's visit. After that, Abram traveled southward and set up camp uh, at the hill country between Bethel on the, west, on the west of Ai on the east. There he built an, an altar and worshiped the Lord. Like, I want you to notice in this story, this is, what, this is what applies here. Following Abram's obedience to God is when he received the dreams that God had promised him. It was right after he followed God's obedience to leave certain things in the past that God replaced those things with a dream that came straight from God. It was never something Abram had before that moment right there. Sometimes we don't receive God's promises because we're unwilling to leave the past behind. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes we don't receive God's promises because we're not willing to leave the past behind. Every person in this room is going to have an option every season of your life for the rest of your life, me included, to have new opportunities to leave things behind that need to be left behind and pursue new things. And it's up to us to make that decision. And the good news is, like I said, God is for you. The the deck is rigged. You win. You just got to play the cards right. You know, furthermore, after this, we see Abram received God's promise. What was, what was his natural response? He built an altar, but his natural response was worshiping God, was worshiping God. You know, when we posture ourselves to pursue the will of God, he begins to place dreams in our heart. And the natural response to God placing his dreams in our heart is to worship him. Anytime you get a dream from the Lord, it gets you excited. If it doesn't get you excited, you came up with the dream. It's not the Lord. But if it gets you pumped, if it gets you excited, that's a dream from the Lord. If it intimidates you, it might be a dream from the Lord. If it causes you to say, God, how in the world would I ever be able to do that? I mean, unless you, you know, popped up somehow, that might be from the Lord, right? So my question to you, first question, is what is God telling you that you need to leave in 2017? What is God telling you that you need to leave behind in 2017? You don't have to answer that right now. But that's something to take to him in prayer. What's he telling you to leave behind? There's nobody in the room that has, has only inherited only good things in the season that they're in right now. It might be something big. It might be something small. Um, so I want to encourage you to ask yourself that. And another thing, that's, that's why it's a good idea to participate in prayer and fasting. You know, we're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's going to be starting on the 8th. Um, and I forget the end date, but just add 21 to the, I guess, the 29th. That would be, that would be nine days. Um, so, yeah, you know, guys, participate in prayer and fasting. Um, if you've never done that before, I just want to take a second to plug it. Um, the deal about praying and fasting is this. You know, this is how I always put it. We live in a world with a lot of clutter, a lot of noise, a lot of music, a lot of TV. Not all of that stuff is bad stuff but it all vies for our attention. So during prayer and fasting, I want to encourage you, ask God, hey, Lord, what are things that really take a lot of my attention? Or what are things that really 
would distract me from pursuing you. Man, God might tell you social media. That's what he tells me a lot. That's why I say that. God might tell you Netflix. He might tell you know some of y'all like ESPN. It, it takes a lot of your time. Whatever it is, I promise you, if you'll leave those things in the past for 21 days and you'll create an opportunity to hear from God, I promise you, you're going to hear something from the Lord. So I just want to encourage you to, to pursue that question that I asked you. What is he asking you to leave behind for 2017? Which leads me to the next point. The next point is dreaming big with God. Dreaming big with God. Um, I love I love to dream with God. And I'll explain what I'm talking about uh, and what, what I mean by that. So like for me, and I don't know how this ever happened. No one ever told me, Brady, this is what you need to do. And nobody like gave me a prayer outline for this. But I, I could be listening to worship music. I could be listening to music riding in my truck. I could be cutting my grass. I don't know, cleaning the inside of my house, whatever. And all of a sudden, man, like I'll, I'll just see something and I'll just say, man, Lord, that's cool, man. Like I just, like he's sitting in a room, you know, and I just, I just have fun. Like, man, what if, what if this happened? Or what if I had this? And like, what if, what if this person started doing this? And man, I just start dreaming with God. I just let my imagination run wild. And before I know it, man, I'm like in a 20 minute conversation of what ifs with God. And I'm excited. I'm stoked. And normally what that leads me to do, it usually leads me to a place of, man, there's no way that could happen in real life. That dream is way bigger than me. I don't know if uh, if I'm really just thinking for myself or, or what. You know, man, if that does happen, God, you're going to have to come and do it. And I'll give you guys like a, an example. Um, raise your hand if you don't have any dreams and, and goals in life. All right, good. Raise your hand if you do have dreams and goals in life. All right. So for me, man, obviously I have a ton of dreams and goals in life, but um, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to be a dad. Like growing up, that was always that was always my thing, man. Like I love kids. I still like for the most part I'm responsible, but man, I still like to be a big kid. Um, I just can't wait. And so I have these two these two guys, uh, young guys are my neighbors. Um, one of them is Liam. And I forget the other one's name, but he's the younger brother. And um, real quick story. One day I'm reading my Bible in the morning, drinking coffee, and I see this little, like my blinds are open, and I see this little butt like facing me out of the window. And it's like a three-year-old little kid. And I'm like, what in the world? And so this little kid's like peeing on my mailbox. (laughs) So I opened the door and I was like, had coffee. I'm like, hey, bud, what you doing? And he turns around and shushed me. He goes, shh, I'm peeing. And I was like, oh, okay. So I closed the door. And, but anyway, I got, real t- I got real tight with these guys, these little fellas, uh, the, little, the little brother and then Liam. He's about eight years old. And um, man, a lot of times they have a pool in their backyard. And so they'll throw, you know, tennis balls or pool toys over my fence. And so I, I gave him permission. If ever something goes over the fence, you don't have to come knock on the door. Just go in the backyard, grab your stuff. No big deal. And so uh, one day I'm having one of these moments with God. And I'm just like, man, I, I can't wait, Lord, for this or this or that or that. And I'm just jumping around and like I'm all excited. I'm like worshiping the Lord. Like you ever see those people like when worship's going on, they like, all right, everybody jump, you know, and like everybody like is different about that. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I'm kind of like, I don't like jumping on the spot. 
you know, like if I'm not feeling it, maybe I don't feel like jumping. Like I'm getting into worship, but I ain't trying to just jump right now. And sometimes maybe I am jumping. I don't know. I'm not against jumping. But what I am saying is when I'm by myself at my house, y'all, I get excited, man. I start like, whoo, man, that's good, Lord. Like I, I start going off. Sometimes I jump by myself in my house. And so it's one of them times. And so I turn to the side and <laughs> these two kids are getting like, they're water toys, and they still got goggles on their face, a bunch of arms full of toys from, from the pool, and they watching me, and I'm in my, like, living room, blinds open, and I'm just like, woo, Lord, I love you, Lord, yeah, woo, like, just, just worshiping God. Man, you good to me, Lord. And I turn, and these kids are just, like, <laughs> looking at me. So I just busted out laughing. But, man, when they left, and this happened in August, and when they left, I kind of opened the door. I said, hey, that was pretty crazy, huh? And they were like, what were you doing in there? I said, I was dancing. And they were like, you're not good at dancing. <laughs> so, so they left, you know. So, man, I went back in my house and, like, I'm talking with the Lord. And like I said, one of my biggest dreams is always wanting to be a dad. And, look, people can say what they want. I, I think, like, not, not crazy short shorts, but, look. Shorts are called shorts because they short. They're not called longs. So like when I wear shorts, like I don't mind wearing shorts like short shorts, you know? That's just, look, the guys in the 70s and the 80s had it figured out. I'm just going to say. And it's coming back. Anyway, one of my dreams, I'm sitting there with the Lord. I'm laughing. And I'm laughing with God. And I'm dreaming with God. And I'm like, man, Lord, I can't wait to have kids, man. Like if I had two little boys, if that was them in the backyard right now, I would totally have grabbed like some ice water or something and like ran outside and would like just threw water on them or get like this big old super soaker and just pop out of nowhere or like water balloons. Like I'm just going to town and like, man, you know what would be cool, Lord? I want me and I want my friends to like all have kids at the same time. I would put on like my blue jean cut off short shorts. I'm so getting a fanny pack. And I'm having, I swear, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm having this real conversation with God. I'm like, man, I'm putting on my like my fanny pack. I'm totally getting one of those old Navy American flag dad shirts. Like, and I'm getting a little stroller with me and my buddies. It's gonna be like us just dudes, strollers, these little babies, and we're gonna walk in the park, put like some music on and just chilling. Like just just dad's big chilling. I'm like, man, that would be so cool, Lord. And I'm jumping around and I'm like, man. I love dreaming with you. Like, and I'm just having this conversation. And guys, sure, like, as, as real as I can tell you, in that moment, I, I heard the Lord. I felt the Lord in my heart. It was, it was a re, one of those real times you hear God. And he said, no, I had said, oh, man, I love you, Lord. I love dreaming with you. Man. And, and, and I, heard, I felt the Lord say, I love you too. And I love dreaming with you. And like, it was, man, I stopped what I was doing. And like when I still tell that story, like, you know, that chokes me up because it's like, what? You, you like dreaming with me? What? And so I just sat there for a little while and I just thought like, man, did I hear from the Lord? And that same little still small voice said, I miss dreaming with you. And I realized that like I hadn't dreamed with God, guys, like for me, like just dreamed with the Lord, like I just talked about, just let my mind run wild with what I would love to see in my life and what I want to see God do in my life and all this stuff. I hadn't done that in over a year and I hadn't even realized it until he said that because I had to go back in my journals and see like, man, when's the last time I dreamed with God? 
And you know what else I noticed over the year? Like I prayed as much as I could. I tried to pray, you know, I prayed every day, but I'm talking about like quality prayer. And I struggled in my prayer life. The same amount of time I quit dreaming with God. And in that moment, I acknowledged that with the Lord. I just said, Lord, maybe this is why I struggled in my prayer life. And I felt the Lord say, dreaming with me is as us dreaming together, just as fun as it is for you, it's that fun for me. And this is the kind of prayers that I want to have. This is the kind of conversation I want to have. And I was reminded that as I'm jumping up and down, the Lord said, the Lord reminded me of the last time I dreamed and I journaled all this. The Lord reminded me of the last time um, that I had dreamed with him. He took me back to that place. And this is where it was crazy. It was like one of these moments that the Lord used to tell me, I want to dream with you again. And, and this is what it was. I was staying in my, my best friend's uh, mother-in-law suite behind his house. I was trying to, to build a house. I couldn't afford to build a house. I was trying to find a house that I could buy and fix up. But there was nothing that I could find for the price I was looking for to buy and fix up. And I was just literally at my wits end. I, I even was going to self-contract. Nothing I could figure out would work. And I, I literally said, like, Lord. And I started dreaming with God. I was by myself one night. And I'm like, man, you know what would be cool, Lord? I would love to be able to have just a, a house of my own. And like I'm sitting there and I'm just dreaming about what I would want to do if I had my own house and, and all this stuff. And I, I start jumping up and down like, man, Lord, you're going to make a way where there's no way. I know you're going to make. And this is after everything was exhausted. Every option was exhausted. God is my witness. This was a Thursday night. I'm just jumping up and down, dreaming big with God, dreaming big with God. That's the the next Friday is when I got a phone call, and it's a long story I won't get into. But man, I got a house. The, the Lord opened up like a way where there was no way. I ended up with a house that was far nicer than anything I'd ever looked at before for the, a, a, a price I could afford. It was a crazy, crazy situation. Somebody that I'd never met before refused people's offers on this home that were way higher than what mine was and took mine. Made a way where there's no way. Guess where that was, that was birthed at? Dreaming with God. Every time I've seen a big move of God in my life, it was having the faith and the hope and the expectancy to dream with him. And there were things in that season of my life that I had to leave behind. Had I not left those things behind, I never would have got that. I never would have got that. And as I was processing this with the Lord, this scripture is what God put on my heart. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. And I felt the Lord say, when you delight yourself in me, your heart's desires become my desires for you. And those amazing thing, things you think of, I gave you that. I put those, I put those dreams in your heart. And man, just like a, like a parent like loves to look at their little kids on Christmas Day, unwrap their presents, and it's the presents they wanted so long, right? Um, and they finally get it, you know, or... Or just like a like a husband, like I mean, I think about Luke and Grace. I'm gonna put you on the spot, but like the joy that a guy has to get when he gives a girl that ring, or the joy that a girl has to has to get whenever she has an amazing moment with her husband. That that joy, and that's how God like He gives us experiences like that in life, not just to experience, but to relate that back to Him, because that's the joy He feels when He puts dreams inside of our heart and they come to pass. He's a God that's a, that's a big dream God. And he's a God that wants you to have big dreams. And he's a God that wants to see them come to pass. What trips us up is not leaving certain things behind and making room and not having the faith 
the hope and the expectancy to believe God for big things, to trust God for big things, and to pursue God for big things. One more thing I want to read. Um, time and time again, we see uh, God and Abraham dreaming together. And he's just the same God. We, we serve the God of Abraham. Look, uh, in verse 2 and 3, he said, he, God's telling this to Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. That's the, one of the first promises. Another one in verse seven, he, he again, he, he says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he's walking. The whole land is full of Canaanites. Big dream. God says, hey, all that land right there, that's going to be your family's. Your family's going to have all of that land. Another, another time, uh, a chapter later, then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north, south, east, and west. So Abram's hearing this from God and he's looking like as far as he can. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. It's Israel, by the way. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. How exciting. God, we, guys, we serve the same God that said that to, to Abram. We serve the same God that had, had put those dreams in my heart. And guys, you serve the same God that, that either has put dreams in your heart or is waiting on you to dream with him. He wants you to dream with him. Christianity is not a stagnant, robotic you just do this and you don't do that situation. That is a settlement for what real Christianity is about. That's not worth living for. Living for Jesus is worth living for. Living for his purpose is worth living for. And nothing about him is dull. Nothing about God is dull. So what I really want to encourage you guys with um, tonight is what kind of dreams um, would you get if you delighted yourself in the Lord? Because like, you might not have the same dreams as me, but you, you're a different person. But that doesn't make them wrong dreams. Everybody, everybody has their own like unique dreams. And as you get older, one of the funnest things to do, and I'm, I'll, I'll kind of close with this, but one of the funnest things to do for me in this season of my life right now, every season, again, has, has different pros and cons. What I love about the season of life I'm in is, you know, I get to whether it's good and bad about it and, and what I'm fixing to say. I'm 28 years old, pretty much. And like, I get to look at people who I knew them when they were 18. And they, I, I see the guys who are, and the girls who had big dreams. And like, every dream's different. One girl might have had this big dream to, to get married and start a family as young as she can. And man, I know girls like that. And they, they're, they are. They're, they're happily married. They have a great family. They're great moms. That was their dream. But but they had big dreams and they pursued it and they worked hard at it. I know I know people who pursued a career. I know people who pursued a lot of big dreams. And it's so awesome for me to run into them 10 years later and say like, hey, what are you doing? What are you up to nowadays? And hear all the incredible things they're doing. But on the flip side, there's always like a sad situation too. It's always like, man, I remember John back in, you know, when I were 18 you know, senior year, freshman year in college, man, he just never, he was never like a big dreamer. 
You know, he, he just never did. And it's, it's sad to see, like, sometimes they just don't make any, any progress. And it breaks my heart because, man, nothing's different about the guy who, who made all these, you know, all this progress and the guy who didn't, except for the fact that one pursued and the other one didn't. And this is, this is the better part for everybody sitting in this room. If you're a Christian, you don't have to come up with your own dreams. God has dreams that exceed all that stuff way bigger than you could ever think of in the first place. I mean, you think Abram would have ever thought about those dreams for himself? Like, I never thought about some of the things that God has done in my life. And there are things right now that I'm dreaming about, and I don't know how in the world God's going to make it happen, but I know he's going to do it. And I'm stoked. I'm intimidated. And I'm excited all at the same time. I want that for you guys. I want that for you guys too. And so I want you to just do me a favor. Um, If you can stand, I'm going to I'm going to close with a few things. But I, I, I just wonder, like I wonder, you know, I think about Moses. And for those of you who, who are familiar, it doesn't take a lot of explanation. But it wasn't God's will for Moses to walk around in the wilderness for so long, for him to, to lead Israel in the wilderness for so long. That's not what God wanted. Like, we could read that same story, and if Moses would have left the right things in the past, and, and if he would have just pursued exactly what the dreams that God had for him, we might be reading that like, man, they traveled for four months in the wilderness, and they arrived at the promised land. But because Moses kept holding on to things he should have let go of, like pride or even some physical things like worshiping the wrong thing, etc., it delayed God's plan. Eventually, God's plan came, but he had to rid himself of these other things before he could ever receive what God had. So I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read you a scripture. I'm going to read it to you. It's Isaiah 43, 19. That's what it says. It said, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing right now in this season, in 2018, in your life. A brand new thing. And it's springing up right now. Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. What is the Holy Spirit asking you right now to leave in the past? I want you to keep your eyes closed and I want you to just ask him right now, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to keep in the past? What are you asking me to leave in the past? Don't forfeit this moment, guys. The enemy will try to steal this moment from you by distractions. Pursue, pursue the Lord. Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to leave in the past? Are there any hindrances you want to bring up? Are there any wrong mindsets that you want to bring up? Are there any bad habits that you want to bring up? Is there any sin in my life that's hindering me? And I just want you to take a moment to respond. Respond by being real. Just be real with God. So many times we we forget how to do that. It's simple. God, this is what I feel like you're putting on my heart. Maybe I don't know why, but I just want to acknowledge it's on my heart, Lord. And I want to respond to you. I I want to give it up if I need to give it up. I want to surrender it if I need to surrender it. Right where you are, just do that. Next question is, what new dreams does God want to bring into your heart? 
Just staying in this place with the Holy Spirit. Ask him right now. Say, Holy Spirit, what are dreams you have that you want from me in this season and even seasons to come? Maybe you want me to know about it in this season because it takes a while to prepare for. What are these big dreams? Ask him, God, I, I want big dreams. I want intimidating dreams. I want dreams that only you could come through for me on and make a difference with. Be bold. Just ask him, Lord, what are big dreams in my life you have for me? And don't be intimidated by asking that question. Like Abraham, are you willing to obey God and leave certain things behind in order to inherit new ones? I want you to ask yourself that question. Am I willing to trust God enough to leave these specific things behind for something I don't exactly know about yet, but I trust that God has something good for me? Am I willing to do that? It's just a yes or no. And right now, just before the Lord, I want you to just acknowledge, God, I acknowledge, Holy Spirit, you put certain things on my heart. And I want to leave those things in the past, and I need your help to do it. And God, you put big dreams in my heart. And I need your wisdom to walk those things out. I'm going to pray over you guys. And when I finish praying, if you need prayer for anything, we're going to have some leaders up here to pray with you. Maybe it's something that you say, you know what? There are some things like Abram that I, I that God wants me to leave in an old land that I, I'm going to have to leave behind. There are some things and I kind of want to just pray with somebody about it. If that's you, hey, come forward. If there's something that you're saying like, man, you know what? God's put this big dream on my heart and I just want to pray about it. Hey, we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you, so come forward. But I'm going to pray for you and as soon as I finish, you guys can can be dismissed. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you that you're a good God. You're a fun God. You give us big dreams. It's exciting to have prayer with you. It's exciting to have conversation with you. It's exciting to dream with you. And Lord, I just come against all small dreams because we know they're not from you. I come against small mindsets because we know it's not from you. God, we know that everything you want to do is out of our comfort zone. But God, we just rebuke that comfort zone and we want to receive everything that you have for us. Lord, I pray that if there's any hindrance going on in any student in this room, that God, they would, they would have the boldness and the courage to leave it with you. And that God, you would just fill them with trust and faith. Let faith and hope arise, God. Let this be the beginning of a season that we can keep rolling, that we continue to trust and have faith in you. Now God, I bless. God, you told me that I could bless anything on earth and it would be blessed. And God, I bless right now every student in this room. I bless every person in this room in the mighty name of Jesus. And I just pray that your will would be done in their lives just as it is in heaven. God, I pray that you would keep them safe as they go. And God, I pray that their relationship will continue to grow with you every day, every day, every day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. If you need prayer for anything, come up, guys. If not, I love y'all. See y'all soon. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.